Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Like amenities, also known as asshole or the Moav Bib, purple napkin, leads his army of freedmen men to victory over the emperor's hard-to-har strongmen. <laughs> Strong-arm bouncer troops to keep pretzel worms of Dune producing beer, the coveted commodity of the sugar wastes of Dune. Wait a minute, that's the National Lampoon version. We're doing the real one today on Book of the Day. to book of the day here on cpl radio and uh this is the show that we discuss one book one book only and then uh when the show is over we talk about 94 others but y'all aren't invited to that and here's my partner in crime steve donahue in boston our book critic at large good day sir hello everybody (laughs) we try to keep it to one book but (laughs) bookish conversations tend to wander (laughs) really nothing wrong with that Kind of a forest fire, really. <laughs> and despite my esteemed host, teaser, this is not, in fact, a discussion of Dune, D-O-O-N, <laughs> the National Lampoon's hilarious send-up of the novel we are talking about, which is Frank Herbert's Dune. Much better. <laughs> this, this thing was serialized in Analog Magazine, which is one of the greatest science fiction magazines, and then it was published in 1965, by St. Martin's Press to great... Oh, no, that's right. It was published in 1965 by Chilton's Auto Repair Manual. <laughs> Uh-oh. They were the only one who bit. They were the only one who said yes. <laughs> so and you can find a copy of that original. You're in good standing. You'll have, you'll have a collectible item, a, a conversation starter. Amazing. This was then published again. <laughs> and again and again and again. And has gone on since then. To be widely acclaimed as the greatest science fiction novel ever written. Seems and it to be outstanding, yeah. It has some similarities to the parody that my host started. <laughs> Although now, I didn't know you were going to do that. Now all I'm thinking about is that book. <laughs> Which, with its priceless send-ups <laughs> of the way characters talk. 
Oh, I always remember my favorite tossed off quip from the, the National Lampoon Dune is uh, inside of every fat man is a skinny man yearning to get out and eat everything in sight. That is why the man is fat to begin with. That kind of gnomic proverb is all through this book, but they're not down. They're not meant for laughs. I had prayed. I had prayed when uh, the the latest from Warner Brothers, the movie came out, I thought, it wouldn't be nice if some other studio said, hey, we're going to grab onto the lapels of this one, and uh, we're going to do D-O-O-N. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see yeah. that on the big screen. That would have been hilarious. And you know what? You, you make Paul Atreides in that movie. You get Kyle McLaughlin to play it, <laughs> even though he's 60. You get him to do it anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mr. Zucker, maybe, maybe Mr. Abrams, are you around anywhere? <laughs> but for those readers who've only heard about this thing and maybe not read it, here, this is the Barnes Noble uh, classic with an arid tape on the yes it's beautiful but i'm going to rip it to pieces this <laughs> stand back first up to go and then all the coloring here will go and then on the back you have giant worm mm, nice and those of you who have only heard well i don't imagine there are many people who are unfamiliar with this because the movie made a billion dollars did so, well did well so yeah i imagine lots of people are but just just in case we can give a little thumbnail sketch here this is set thousands and thousands of years in the future. There's a galactic empire of a fairly standard kind. Thousands and thousands of planets serviced by faster than light special spaceships that go between them. And in that future world, the galactic emperor has ordered the family of Atreides to switch their home planets. To move from their home of the, the lush forest world of Caladan to the desert world of Dune. Arrakis, which is the source of the only source in the entire galaxy of a product called melange, called mm-hmm. the spice that lengthens human life, but does a lot more. It is a, it is, I hate to call it the MacGuffin of this book because <laughs> this is fairly serious science fiction literature, but it is the MacGuffin of all MacGuffins. The societal, that, that intergalactic empire would collapse without it. It's the only thing that makes those faster than light spaceships work. Right, um, right. Among many other things. And this is of a concern for two reasons. One is that Mr. Atreides, <laughs> Duke Atreides, assumes that he's walking into a trap. It doesn't make sense any other reason. Right. He assumes the whole thing is a trap. And he can't refuse but he can't know what's coming either. So he has, he's all very, very tense. And the other source of concern is that there is a secretive all-woman society called the Bene Gesserit who have been mucking around with human bloodlines, human genetics, for centuries. And they believe that in the Duke's son, Paul, they are very close to achieving something more than human. They don't know quite what it is or what it will look like, and they're not sure that Paul is the person. Right. So they're a little concerned that they might lose him, that if the whole family is wiped out in some sort of feudal fight, they might lose all of their care. But what they don't know is that there's another danger that is far, far greater to everything than anybody expects, which is that the spice is all over the planet Dune. You don't just dig for it. It's in all the food. It's in the air. Right, right. And the spice, among its many, many other attributes that, that allow so many other abilities in human beings, accelerates 
the pro the process in young Paul Atreides and actually does transform him into something more than human. Right. It's not under the control of the Bene Gesserit. It's not under the control of the the Imperium. It's not under the control of his own family. Yeah. It's not under the control of the natives of Dune. It is uncontrollable. That is one of the one of the rules of this book is that the unpredictable will be uncontrollable. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Just and that's great. The of this first book. Yeah. Is is Paul going there? And becoming something more than human. It's uh, on one level, anyway, a coming of age story. I was just going to say, this is a, in some ways a, the ultimate coming of age book. And some, I mean, certainly that there, there are multiple genres in what you're holding there. There's so much going on yes. that, you know, you've yes. got uh, palace intrigue, you have got uh, coming of age, you have, uh, uh, you know, um, ecological literature. Yes, certainly that deeply, with deeply ecological. Frank Herbert saw the state of our current climate crisis long before anybody else did. Right. right. Before, this isn't a doom and gloom. This isn't a preachy book. No, no, no. Everything no. in it, everything on the planet Arrakis is built on a razor edge of the climate. Certainly. Whether it's spice harvesters that very much want the climate to stay the way it is, or the natives of Dune, the Fremen, who want to change it. Right, right. In an arid hellscape, they want to change it. And they know perfectly well, considering how valuable Melange is, that they're going to have to change it in secret. Absolutely. And, and how the Harkonnens live, which seems like they're the villains of the piece, uh, they seem to be on the verge of, like, environmental collapse, you know, yes. because they've, you know, so it's uh, it's all there. <laughs> Right. And the, I want to, I want to, speaking of the Harkonnens, I want to issue just a, a tiny word of caution here. I imagine that a lot of our viewers, and we're gaining viewers, aren't we? You mentioned that we're gaining it viewers. It keeps happening. Yes. We are the bee's knees. If you have not subscribed to our little chatter fest here, every day, you really should. But the, I'm wary that a lot of people who are watching us now have only encountered this through the latest, that, that Denis Villeneuve movie. Yes. And I want to assure them. The, the Harkonnens in here, in the book, are nuanced evil. <laughs> yes. Instead of yes. literally wallowing in excrement evil. <laughs> they, they are nuanced evil there. They are, it is believable here. Whereas it, it's not believable to have Stellan Sarsgaard floating over the room. <laughs> that's, not, that's not believable. It might make for an arresting visual, but it doesn't. People, <laughs> <laughs> I I fear Mr. Villeneuve uh, uh, thought that uh, he could add elements of um, the Chilean director who tried to make this a movie years ago. What is his name? Uh, Jodorowsky, I think, was his name. We tried to make, and the if you, there's a documentary about him trying to make this massive, grandiose movie out of it. And my favorite part of it was, I've never read the book. I would not read the book. <laughs> <laughs> Giant worms. Right, that's, right. that's all you have to do for, for science fiction snobs. People who think this whole genre is useless. That's all you have to do is mention giant worms and they're out the door. Yes, they checked and out. If you are tempted to be that way, don't be. Because the number one thing to say about this book, despite the fact that only Chilton's car manual bought it, despite, <laughs> despite the fact that it's been ham-handedly rendered on film a couple of times, is that this is an overwhelmingly great reading experience. It's uh, so readable. 
Yeah, I mean, vastly. It, and you know, and don't be daunted by the fact that in the back there's a glossary, and you know, there's uh, there's all sorts of things that you could say, or or the quotes at every beginning of every chapter, which seem right. a little, you know, none of right. that, none of that's actually really necessary to enjoy the book. It's a, just no. a good tale. It's a no, you know. it's true. Every every chapter begins with an excerpt from some book, and you're gonna, if you're brand new to this, you're gonna be wondering, okay, well, what is that book? Who is its mm-hmm. author? Do I need to know this? Is that is this a prequel that I didn't read? And there is a glossary. And yet, it doesn't matter. No. The, the quotes at the beginning of the chapters are uh, one of the many, many steps that Herbert makes to make you feel immersed in a world, in a yes. world that existed before you opened the first page, and that isn't just waiting to explain itself to you. Although he works in really well. Every author of a book like this has to do expedition dumps. They have to. <laughs> right. And he <laughs> works it in really, really well. In ways that you they're so well done that yeah. you don't even realize that's what's happening. It feels more woven than dumped. That it feels yeah. more, yeah. I just, you know, there's a marquee scene at the beginning. Once the Atreides come to the planet Dune, there's a marquee scene where the Duke and his child and uh, his retainers are are flying out to look at a spice factory. These big machines that sit on a patch of melange on in the desert and siphon it for use and sale off world, and that attracts the giant sandworms of Dune. That activity does, and right. in this scene. A worm is seen coming. It's heading straight for the factory. And, it, yeah. and these things are so huge, it can eat the factory. Oh, sure. <laughs> and the Duke decides in the spur of the moment to save all the men working on the factory. And the, it's a nail-biting scene in the book. High drama. <laughs> yeah. done tremendously good in the Villeneuve movie. Yeah, yeah. It's done tremendously good in the Sci-Fi Channel adaptation of Dune yes. on TV. It's just, it's a remarkable scene and you're reading it and you're on the edge of your seat and you can't wait to see how it's going to work and what yeah. what is going to happen. And it's only maybe a hundred pages later that you look back on that nail-biting scene and realize it was an info dump. <laughs> <laughs> how much skill does it take to yeah. do that and so that you're not even aware it's happening. What? Absolutely. It's just Absolutely. Amazing. It's such a wonderful uh, first experience with this book, too, because I was, I think I was probably 14 or 15 when the, oh, Lynch, no when the Lynch movie was coming down. The oh, pipe. no. Oh, my. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'd have to, you know, and I had many study halls and I had no interest in doing my homework, but I like to read during my study halls, which teachers were kind of uh, wringing their hands going, well, I want to complain about this, but he's reading. So, you know, and I, and so I grabbed Dune and it was such an amazing first exposure to that book because I felt like I had this huge secret in the corner of my study hall that I was, this whole world was being uh, introduced to me. and It was so exciting. And I, I, I wish that upon anybody who has never had a Dune reading experience before. I, if you can, if you haven't seen the movie or you're, only you know slightly know what it's about great time to dive into this the only note of caution that i would introduce is that frank herbert's son has (laughs) has written three dozen books that have dune in the title he won't stop (laughs) no not until he's dead and then i bet his own son keeps doing it and they have worked really hard to say that this is the dune saga and that frank herbert's books are part of that saga instead of the whole thing and they have they have marketed a great number of their books as prequels to this book Mm -hmm. and i have heard a lot of people say oh well then i can't start with dune that's absolutely not true (laughs) that is absolutely not true it's not helped any by the fact that the the pocketbook the publisher is bringing out they they brought out 
Frank Herbert's five Dune novels in a uniform with new cover artwork, right. and then brought out all of Brian Herbert's Dune pastiche novels with the same cover <laughs> artwork. So it very much looks like a set, but it is not. No, the Brian Herbert novels are if you finish Frank Herbert's novels and love them so much you don't want to leave these characters. Right, right. But you should start with Dune. Start with this book. <laughs> you will read one of the greatest works of science fiction ever written. It is amazingly good. So I thought it, I thought it deserved a place as our as our classic. Oh, certainly, certainly, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, it's uh, and there's another movie coming down the pike, and so you can uh, you know get get ready. There's a uh, there's a Wisconsin connection here, you know. Uh, Mr. Herbert Frank himself, I believe, spent m- the bulk of his life in Madison, Madison, Wisconsin, our state capital. I think he was either born here or at least spent a huge chunk of his life here. So I am not sure how we <laughs> inspired with our cows and our <laughs> and our little windmills and our roosters on the you know uh, weather vanes, but. There we well, are. Full disclosure: I also spent time in Madison. <laughs> I had, uh-huh. I had a little apartment with window with uh, wooden window sills overlooking the two lakes right there in the middle of town. It's okay. absolutely delightful. Madison well, no wonder this is all working out so well. <laughs> yeah. I, I admit the the uh, I'm sure it has no connection to the book, but the giant 16 foot long worms in the sewer system were a little getting used to. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't accustomed to that at all. But I doubt that had any connection to Frank. Oh, the DNR is on top of that now. It's fine. <laughs> Don't worry. It's all good. So there we are. Dune, your book of the day. Here uh and, uh, I assume this... the library is stocked. Endless, endless copies. In fact, uh, the very one you held up, and we had, but unfortunately it got coffee damaged. We had something called the Illustrated Dune that I want to say was probably published late 60s, uh, early 70s. Good 50 years ago. Yeah. Very it's interesting a, volume. It's on my coffee table now, and it's perfect because it has coffee on it. Um, <laughs> so there we are. Book of the day. Thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, we will be back once again because if it's a new day, that means there's a new book of the day. See you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 